Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello, my name is Rob McFarlane and I'm the pastor of River Church. The title of my sermon today is Amazing Jesus. The word amazed in the New Testament is also translated as astonished or marveled. And today I'm using the New International Version, which uses the word amazed in the verses that we're looking at today. A dictionary definition of amazed is to be astonished, bewildered and perplexed. It's to be surprised and to wonder about something. And it can be in the positive and in the negative. Today, we're going to look at three thoughts about amazing Jesus from the New Testament. Number one, Jesus is amazing. Listen to Mark chapter 6, verse 2 from the New International Version. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom? that's been given to him. What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? And indeed, when we read through the Gospels, we see Jesus doing amazing things. We see amazing teaching. We see his power over nature. And we see him healing people and performing miraculous signs. Let's look at three examples in the Gospel of Matthew. First, his teaching. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 28, we read, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. His teaching is amazing. And his teaching changes lives. I encourage you to read the Gospels. Read the words in red and see what Jesus taught. It will give you faith, courage, and hope. It'll change your life. Secondly, we see his power over nature. In Matthew 8, verse 27, when Jesus calmed the storm, it says, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus demonstrated his power over nature. All things were created by him, through him, and for him. And in his ministry on earth, he showed us that he has authority over the power of nature. It amazed people. And thirdly, we see his healing. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 30 and 31, it says, Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. All who came to Jesus were healed. What a wonderful ministry of preaching, teaching and healing that we saw when Jesus was here on the earth how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all 
who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, Jesus is still doing these things today. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Friend, Jesus is still amazing today. His teaching is as applicable today as when it came from his lips 2,000 years ago. His ministry on earth still demonstrates his power and authority over the ordinary course of nature. He can intervene in our lives, in our circumstances, in our relationships, in our finances, in our future, and he has authority to speak calm in the midst of a storm. And Jesus is still healing people today. We've seen my first point is that Jesus is amazing. We're also going to look at uh, in our next two points, two examples of Jesus being amazed. And the first we'll see is in the negative and the second in the positive. So number one, Jesus is amazing. Number two, we'll see that Jesus was amazed at a lack of faith. In Mark chapter six, verse six, it says, he was amazed at their lack of faith. Now let's read the full account of Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to verse 6 from the New International Version of the Bible. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his own relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few people who were ill and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Let's unpack this together. We see that Jesus could not perform miracles because the people in his hometown did not honor him. Because they knew him. They knew him as the carpenter. They knew him as Mary's son. They knew his brothers and sisters. And often we can let familiarity or our understanding that someone is just an ordinary person prevent God using them in our lives for our good and God's glory. Do not discount God using people that you know to minister to you. Sometimes familiarity can breed contempt, and we saw that in Jesus' ministry. When he began to teach and, and share and minister, even though they were amazed at what he was doing, they took offense. An offense cuts off God's blessing flowing towards us. A 
offenses like closing the tap and forgiveness and humility opens the tap of God's blessing flowing in our lives. Jesus could not perform miracles because he was not honored in his hometown. And I think it's important for us to recognize that even though the Son of God, who was amazing and could could perform amazing miracles, was limited because of the lack of faith that he encountered in his hometown. I found that if we don't honor the leadership that God has placed in our local churches, then we do not enable them to lead effectively and we can limit the flow of the gift that God has put on their lives to minister to us. I often speak in other churches and I've spoken in different settings around the world. And I find that when I go as a guest minister, it's amazing what God does. People listen intently. People are open to God doing things. And there's a real flow of signs, wonders and miracles confirming the preaching of God's word. But often in my hometown, in my local church, where people have become familiar with me, the same impact is not always present. And I think it's important for us to be in a church where we get to know the leaders and we, we see them through the, through, you know, through, through the good, the bad and the ugly. We see who they are. We're able to follow their example and sometimes, sometimes they make mistakes. But let's not dishonor them and, uh, and limit what God can do through them in our lives. Let's be open. Let's honor those that God has placed in leadership in our local churches. Number three, Jesus was amazed at great faith. We read this in Luke chapter seven and verse nine. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Let's read the full account of this encounter with Jesus. It's in Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to verse 10, and I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was ill and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. And they came to Jesus and pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this for him because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. And that one come and he comes. And I say to my servant do this and he does it. 
When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So let's look at what great faith is as illustrated in this event. First of all, we see in verse 2 and 3 that we can come to Jesus on behalf of others. The centurion was concerned for his servant whom he loved, who was ill and nearing death, and he approached the elders of the Jews who then approached Jesus. And great faith is not centered around our needs, but includes the needs of others. And we can come to Jesus on behalf of others. This is often called intercession, a type of prayer where we come and we pray on behalf of someone else. And you know, having an others oriented life is attractive to God. He calls that great faith. Secondly, in verse six and seven, we see he came to Jesus with humility and not with entitlement based on his good life. He was a generous man. He loved Israel and he built a synagogue for the people in the area that he served. He was a good man. He was known for his good works, but he was humble and said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. I wouldn't even come to you myself. I wouldn't presume to do that. He was humble. He was a, a teachable man. He was not proud and arrogant. And great faith is based in a deep humility and understanding that even though we do good things, that doesn't earn us points with God. But we come to him with humility and appreciation. Great faith is a humble faith. Next, we see in verse 8 that great faith is taking Jesus at his word. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Faith is simply taking God at his word. It's not trying to, 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 to hype ourselves up. It's not, it's not taking a risk. It's taking Jesus at his word. Just speak the word. He recognized the power of the spoken word and that God's word spoken is powerful. We need to declare God's word and his promises over our lives. Don't allow intimidation or the enemy to muzzle you, but to keep on speaking God's promises over our lives because there's a creative power in what we say. And finally, we see great faith is understanding the power of delegated authority. He recognized in his own life the power of delegated authority with soldiers when he said go and they went and, and he said come and they came and, and giving instructions to his servant what his servant would actually do. And he recognized that there is a structure of authority. He recognized the authority on Jesus' life where Jesus said of himself, I don't just say whatever I want to say or do whatever I want to do. I do what the Father tells me to do. He understood the power of authority. And we need to understand the power of authority in our lives, delegated authority, in order for us to have great faith.
Now in a local church, the highest human authority is the eldership team. And in River Church, we have an eldership team and I serve as the pastor or the lead elder. And I am accountable to Jesus, the head of the church, for how this church is led and what we teach in our church. We need to understand that in a local church, God has placed authority there to, to guide, to guard, and to govern, to give direction, to bring healthy church discipline so that we can grow and to deal with doctrine or teaching. Anyone who serves in a local church comes under the authority of the eldership team. And those who serve, whether they are home group leaders or serve in some ministry in or from the church, need to recognize that they are accountable within that church structure. So today we've seen three things. Jesus is amazing. We saw that Jesus was amazed at a lack of faith. And we see that Jesus was amazed at great faith. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? If Jesus did a faith audit in your life, would he be amazed at the great faith or the lack of faith? Let's be those who develop and grow our faith in Jesus Christ. Remember, it's not how much faith you have, but it's who your faith is in. Also, let's recognize that Jesus is still amazing. What he did yesterday, he can do today. What he did 2,000 years ago, he can still do today. What amazing thing could he do in your life today? Do you need healing? Do you need encouragement? Look to Jesus. Let's spend time with our amazing Jesus. So, Let's pray. And as we do, ask the Holy Spirit to show you what he wants you to do as a result of what you've heard in today's sermon. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. You love the world so much, you sent Jesus Christ so that we can put our faith in him and have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, that you are amazing. Thank you for your teaching, for your power over nature, and for your healing. And we ask for those who need encouragement to find hope and faith and encouragement in your word. I pray, Lord Jesus, for those who need healing or a miracle in their lives to experience that in Jesus' name. Jesus, you were amazed at a lack of faith. And help us to honor those that you've placed in our lives so that we could see that them empowered and enabled to lead us and that you could use them to minister to us in remarkable ways. Help us not to become familiar and discount what God can do through people in our lives. Lord Jesus, thank you that you were amazed at the great faith of that centurion who said, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. 
Thank you for the lessons around that. Thank you that we can be humble. We can be teachable. We can come to you with an, without a sense of entitlement, but in, in humility and receive from you. And thank you, Lord, that he had great faith because he understood the authority structure. And help us to put ourselves under a healthy authority structure so that people can speak into our lives, whether those be parents or pastors, that we may grow into all that you have for us in Jesus' name. Just as we're waiting on the Lord now in prayer, ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to do as a result of what you've heard in today's sermon. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, I would like to speak the blessing over you from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you. God bless you. The best is yet to come. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.